0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The weeks get crazier. I don't know what else Trump can do, but he will do other things to make them even crazier. Uh, I'm going to slip this in right now because I just picked this up 20 minutes ago. On breaking news on television, on one of the news shows, Trump announced today that he's working on a plan to remove, to take off, three million people off food stamps, three million people off food stamps. I I can't believe it. This guy is so inhumane. He's evil. He's evil. People have to eat, okay? Okay. And some can't, and some people in every society have to be taken care of. It's been this way throughout the history of the world. He doesn't understand this. You know, uh, he's eating good, you can tell by looking at his body. Uh, And he's eating, besides eating his uh, cheeseburgers or whatever he eats for lunch, he's eating great food down there at Mar-a-Lago and so forth. Uh, Wrong, absolutely wrong. Three million people, this includes children, off food stamps. So, now that's what I'm throwing in as an introduction. I would have said in its place, but I'm going to say it now, uh, that tonight tonight we're going to go to Washington, China, Tennessee, Berlin, New York City, and Paris. How's that? That's a good trip. I'm, I, my opening would have been, I've already told you, the three million people off food stamps, is, I, and I think this is the most important thing this evening, is the Mueller, Robert Mueller report. Uh, it's come out. And tomorrow, Robert Mueller is going to spend many hours in front of two congressional committees testifying. You know he's been reluctant to testify. He's the special investigator appointed in this matter. Uh, And he, as to whether the, the Russians had interfered with our election. And what he's doing is he doesn't want, he screwed up this whole thing. Let me put it this way. It's the only way I can say it. I believe Robert Mueller has contributed to the people of this country not understanding or being aware of what has been going on in this investigation. He may have done a good investigation. I'm not knocking that. I read his report, by the way. I'm not one of the ones that didn't. I did. He did a good investigation. But he, his job also included saying, "You got to say he committed a crime. He didn't commit a crime." Uh, you can't say, well, doesn't look good here, but I leave it up to Congress to take care of That's not the way these things are done. I mean, Ken Starr, when he was chasing Clinton, my God, he wanted to hang him by his testicles up the nearest tree. He gave in on nothing. And the reason Mueller's doing this, he's a good guy. I mean, he's a twice in Vietnam, war veteran, bronze star, twice wounded, head of the FBI for 12 years. Uh, he's been in police enforcement, especially the FBI area, his entire career. And he's known as a straight-laced, by-the-book hard-ass, which is good. He's by the book. I like everyone that's by the book. However, he didn't do his, he didn't do his investigation properly. He didn't do his, his report properly. He came up with nothing after spending, what, it $42 million, spending all this money. He came up with nothing. And I don't think, and I hope I'm wrong, that tomorrow's hearings are going to achieve anything because Mueller's already said he doesn't want to testify. He already testified once, and he told them, don't bother me. Don't call me. You read my report. It's all in my report, which is wrong for him. It's a wrong position for him to take, but that's the one he is taking. Now, the issue in this whole thing is back in 1973 when Richard Nixon was under investigation. Uh, The heads of the Department of Justice, the leaders of the Justice Department, sat down and said, hey, you know, uh, how do we run this country? (laughs) If the the president is charged with a crime or indicted, he's got to be fighting on two battlefields then, fighting the criminal charges and at the same time, Running the country. Can't do both major jobs at one time. We've got to do something. So they wrote an opinion. They did not pass a law. They don't have the capacity to pass a law. I don't know if they tried to get a law passed. and But they wrote an opinion. And the opinion basically says that no president will be indicted or charged for any federal crime while he is in office. Well, Trump's riding this this horse. <laughs> I mean, he does all these things wrong. We hear about him, we read about him. He does things wrong, but you can't indict him, you can't arrest him because he's president. Uh, it's not the law. The an opinion by the Department of Justice for their employees, for their staff members, is not the law of the land. That's the Constitution, and laws passed in Washington and the state capitals and signed by the president and the governor. This is the opinion of a bunch of men back in 73. Remember this. No man is above the law. And by keeping this in there, we're saying Trump's above the law. Go after him after he's out of office, not the way things are done. Uh, it, it, this bothers me. You can tell by the tone of my voice. Uh, the um, Supreme Court has never addressed this question. Uh, it came up twice. It came up once with Clinton. It came up once with Nixon. Uh, but the court did not render a decision because that was not the specific issue before the court. There were other issues. The court did say in both decisions that they haven't directly dealt with the problem. And so what should happen is Mueller should have. I'm going to tell him what he should have done, I'm not ashamed to. This is the way I practice law. He's got that opinion. It's only opinion. If he believes it's an opinion and he knows, uh, just because it's the rule of the organization he's worked for his whole life doesn't mean he should try to enforce it. It is not the rule of the land. That's what Lewis is saying. And he should have the president charged with a crime. The president would have hired the best lawyers in the world. He would have gone to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court would have decided this thing. He either could or he can't. And I think they would say he could be indicted and charged with a crime. Let me put this in proper perspective for you, okay? Let's assume. He, you got to remember, he lives in the White House. Understand the White House is a federal building. The White House is a federal building. You can't commit crimes in federal buildings. The White House is the federal building. One evening, he's in the bedroom, his bedroom, with me and Melania. All of a sudden, there's a shot. The, the, the Secret Service, everybody runs in the bedroom. There's Melania laying on the floor with a hole in her head, Trump with a smoking gun in his hand. You're telling me he can't be arrested for murder? We have to wait till he's all done serving his time as president? Doesn't make sense. The law is for everyone. We're supposedly unequal under the law, and it's not working that way in this situation. And that's why I am upset. Okay, that's why Lewis is upset. Now, we'll leave that. We're going to see what happens tomorrow. I I, I don't think this thing's going to work out tomorrow. I don't think he's going to testify as he should. He's not going to say because he's already put in writing I'm not making a decision. He's not going to move off the dime. He was wrong though and if anyone has screwed up this investigation I got to say it. It's Robert Mueller. I don't care what his reputation is, how smart he is, he mishandled this case. He has mishandled it and as a result this country is going to suffer for many years. Now, I want to go talk about China. Uh, China and the United States are supposedly the two greatest countries in the world today, uh, economically, militarily, and everything else. Well, we have few ways to measure this. It's always been thought since World War II that the United States has been the number one country in the world. And China, over the years, has built itself up. And in recent years, China has been number two right behind us. The United States always number one. China now has done many things over the last few years. they built up their military. I believe their military is superior to ours. they built new warships, over 300, 350 new uh, Navy vessels. they they built islands in the South China Sea in ocean water, where there's no land underneath unless you go down 200 feet, 400 feet. They built islands. Somehow they came up with how to build islands and put airfields on each one with planes and have soldiers ready. And from these islands, a missile shot by their super-duper guns can reach the United States. Saying all that, and we're in a pissing match right now with China, created by Donald Trump, the Terra Force, Fortune Global Magazine, 500. You've heard of Fortune 500 Magazine, the Fortune 500 list, rather. Fortune Magazine, Fortune has a 500 list. Well, the list in in our modern day has been renamed to Fortune Global 500 because countries all over, uh, (coughs) there are manufacturing corporations all over the world today. (coughs) Excuse me again. And they should be in the list. Well, the new list just came out. And guess what? The United States is not number one for the first time since World War II. It is number two, and guess who is number one? China is number one. The way they do this, they, 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 they base their judgment somehow on the revenues of the company, its worth and so forth. Last year, China had 100 of the 29 companies were Chinese that were listed on the Fortune 500. The United States only had 121, <clears throat> eight behind, eight less than China. China is on the move, and where we should be making them our, China our friends, Trump is not. This tariff war is going to take a long time to resolve with China. They're getting hurt. We're getting hurt. Trump never talks about how we're getting hurt, how our farmers are getting killed and everything else. Plants are shutting. Uh, people are closing the door on their businesses. They can't pay the 25% tariff that's coming back at them. And China's suffering the same way. But you don't fool with Asians. You always must remember they're proud people. We're all proud people, but they seem to be more proud. I call it face. You don't embarrass them. And Trump has embarrassed them by taking them on in the tariff war and everything else. And they're going to hang in there, and they've already gone out, and they have made deals with other countries for soybeans, for rice, for wheat, all this stuff that comes from our Midwest farmers who made a ton of money for years uh, sending this stuff over to China. No more. They've made new deals. They're not going to break these deals when the United States and China become friends again. Uh, And China isn't because, hey, how can I trust you? (laughs) How can I trust you? Look what you did to us. And we had to go through a year or two of bad times to get ourselves straightened out. So that's the first thing, China. We're now number two behind China in the Fortune 500. And the other thing about China, there is something called the nuclear option. While we are aggravating China, and China is aggravating us in return, understand that everything Trump has done to China has not been a direct first-time attack by China on the United States. There is a saying that every action has an opposite reaction, an opposite and direct reaction. We impose tariffs here at a certain percentage. Uh, China comes back and imposes tariffs on something else at the same percentage, and it's gone up two or three times since. Uh, So China's been the good guy here. The United States has not. I'm sorry, that's how I, I look at it. There's something called the nuclear option. Understand, you must understand this. The whole world knows this, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you people are aware of it. If you're not, I'm mean, making you aware. After Social Security, the United States owes more money to China than any other company, country, etc in the world. We owe $1.3 trillion to China. Now, what do we do? Well, we borrow money from China for years. Every time we're broke, we go to China, and they give us money. It isn't even a negotiation. It's almost an everyday thing. How much money do you need today? Years ago, the system was set up by which it was done, and we get the money. And the debt increases. Now, suppose, just suppose, China said tomorrow, no more money, Donald. No more money. You've been giving us a difficult time. You're screwing up our economy beside your own. We're not going to loan you money anymore. We're not going to... What would that do to our economy? What would it do to the world's economy? There's another part to this nuclear option. Also, China takes back treasury bonds in return for the money they loan us. That's our debt. Treasury bonds are our debt. They take back treasury bonds. They go out and buy them. Now, just suppose another just suppose, but it's realistic China says hey we're getting screwed around by the United States they start selling off their treasury bonds in large numbers today they sell off a big number tomorrow a bigger number and the third day an even bigger number we can't pay it <laughs> we can't pay it we're going to be busted We're going to be, it'll be an immediate recession. The market will drop. He's happy, 27,000 points. We'll break 2,000 on the way down in three days. This is another part of the nuclear option that China has available to to us as long as we keep playing games with them like this. I'm surprised they haven't done something yet in this regard. To put the fear of God in Donald Trump and make him understand, I can do this to you. Don't push me. Now, Amorosa, Mary Newman, Amorosa Newman. She was until sometime last year the only African American woman working in the White House. She sat at the right hand of God. She sat at Donald. She worked directly for Donald Trump. Very good girl. He liked woman, girl, whatever. I'm old fashioned. I can't help it. Uh, He he admired her very much. He spoke well of her when she left. I don't know why she left. Six months later, she wrote a book that crucified him. Uh, But she was on a national TV show over the weekend, and she talked about the the rallies that Trump has, the ones he had in 2016. She worked on his campaign, the ones he has now. She said they are all scripted, scripted, and here's what she meant. She went into detail on this. She said, "When you're sitting there," and, and they said about Hillary, "Send her to jail." And when you're hearing now, send her back. <laughs> With regard to this young congresswoman, uh, that's planned. That's arranged. They divide. They divide the auditoriums into sections. And for every so many people, they have two or three people there who work somehow for one of the Trump organizations or reelect. Some Republican reelection committee, and they start chanting, Send her to jail, send her back. It's all prearranged. And it, it happens all the time, and it's right in the prompter. Trump knows when they're going to break out like that. He stands there with either a smile or his, his Mussolini type, tight jaw face. And, uh, He thinks, look at the people. He wants us to believe. He wants us to believe. That's how much the people are behind him. Then, she says, uh, in the teleprompter, we think that when Trump says something wrong, when he started calling these four young congresswomen of color, that they were a squad, quote, unquote, quote. And he he said, send them back when he says send them back, and when he says they're un-American, this doesn't come off the top of his head, even though he takes his eyes off the teleprompter. It's all in there in the prompter when these things must be said, because every speech he makes is formulated. They work on it for days or weeks. They get every word they want in there. They straighten it out to make a point. So she says, all these rotten things he says about people who are in the teleprompter, you think it's coming off the top of the set. It's not. And the people who yell are really being goosed and prompted uh, by other people sitting with them to make them say, send her to jail or send her back. Not the way our country should be run. Not honest. And yet his Republican followers love him, 44 45% strength. All right. The American people are wonderful people. I'll tell you. When things are difficult, when things are wrong, Americanism, the strength of our country, the quality of our people starts coming up. Quality, they say, surfaces. And here's an example where it is. Other than this handful of Republicans, the American people don't like Donald Trump. He's doing a lousy job. Okay, They believe this. They sense it. I mean, sure, he had the the new uh, tax bill, remember? It made the the banks richer, the corporations richer, and the rich people richer. What the hell was the tax cut to the the middle class or the lower class? And now people realize it. You can't trust the man. He speaks with a forked tongue. Now, how did America come through in the last few days? This is the people of America standing up and being recognized hermitage Tennessee hermitage, Tennessee, there's a gentleman who's been in this country fourteen years. He's here illegally. He's been told by a court some time ago he's got to get out. He never left, and he's still here. He's got a nice house, he works for a living uh he's got a family he's got neighbors, and he was driving home over the weekend, I think Saturday or friday and ICE came to his house. They immediately surrounded his van as he pulled in the driveway. And he wouldn't get out because they wanted to arrest him. And as you know, you cannot enter a car and take a person out or take anything out of a car. ICE does not have that authority. Eventually, the man came out, though, and they were going to take him, and he didn't want to go. And he was worried about his 14-year-old son, his 12-year-old son, sitting in the car. And you know what happened? Ice didn't get him out. Ice left. And the reason Ice left is because this man's neighbors came out and made a human chain arm in arm around him, his son and his car, so to say, no way, Jose, Ice, you aren't getting these guys. Now, isn't that wonderful? And this is an open act of rebellion, and we're going to have more of these. And they're going to get more serious, though. That's what's concerned me. I don't want a rebellion in this country. But Trump is pushing people. And the goodness, in some instances, is starting to come out with regard to the people of the United States. An instant to be proud of. Now I want to go and talk about Alexandra ocasio Cortex. She's that 27-year-old girl. Uh, girl, there, Louis goes again. 27-year-old lady. I'm 84. What can I do? This is just 87, 27-year-old lady. Uh, from New York City, who was elected uh, a congresswoman uh, in the 2018 election. She's very vocal. She's very outspoken. She's got three other – she's a woman of color. She's got three other women of color who have joined with her. They are very outspoken. Uh, These women got elected, and they, they campaigned, uh, on the basis that they were going to go to Washington and change things. They just weren't going to sit down. They were going to do things, and they're doing a lot. I think a lot of what they do is wrong. They don't understand things, but God bless them. It's a breath of fresh air. Do what you can. Here's what's happening there. Two Louisiana police officers over the weekend. you got to understand, Alexandria's got a big mouth. She calls it as she sees it. She offends many, many people. She's got Pelosi uh, offended every day. Well, two Louisiana police officers who only see and hear from the newspapers and television uh, what Alexandria is doing, Alexandria, rather, is doing in Washington and what she's saying. And one of them went on Facebook. There were two of them, partners, I guess. One went on Facebook and the other guy standing next to him supporting what he says. And the one that's on Facebook called her a, and I quote, a vile idiot. And then he says, she needs, and I quote, a round. That means she needs to be shot with bullets. Uh, i got to tell you, I am proud. I don't know the name of the community. I, I don't recall it. I apologize. But. I'm proud, whoever that community is in Louisiana, because the city officials immediately fired these two cops. They're not suspended. There's no investigation. They admitted doing it, (laughs) the two police officers. They're out. They're gone. Now, isn't that a breath of fresh air? And this comes from people on authority, a breath of fresh air. In a country for the past several years that, Black people and people of color are being shot and killed by policemen, and those policemen rarely, rarely get convicted. It's a change in what's happening. Now, in Washington, D.C. itself, there is a Capitol Police force. Its chief is Stephen Sund, S-U-N-D. He recently testified this past week in front of Congress because threats are coming in to our congresspeople. Threats are coming in. There's no question about it. Not just these four ladies. Coming into every one of them, the good, the bad, the indifferent. And he said they're growing. The threats are growing every year. And this is we're in a dangerous situation. There can be a Can you imagine somebody going in there and shooting up a bunch of congressmen? Last year in 2018, there were 4,894 threats. Made against public officials in Washington, 4894. This year so far, through the first six months, we're in the seventh month, through the first six months, 2,502, which means if that number continues, they're going to be out there with more, more threats this year than last year, and the number continues to grow. That's not healthy. That's absolutely not healthy. You can't. Somebody's going to go out and shoot somebody, and they are. Look what happened to Scalise. He was playing baseball three years ago uh, with the Republicans. They were going to have a, a baseball game against the Democrats. They were practicing. He got shot up, almost killed the poor guy. I don't agree with his politics, but I agree that he should stay alive, he should have a healthy life, he should enjoy his family, see his children marry, enjoy his grandchildren, and so forth. Things are bad in this country, but... Some people are doing things right now, and that's what I wanted to point out to you, which brings me now to population changes in this country. Here, what I'm going to say, I apologize for saying it that way, but it's important to follow what I'm saying here. It's amazing, these things. At the present time, the under, next year rather, as of next year, 2020. The under-18 population of coloreds in this country will be a majority over the whites. The non-coloreds will be a majority over of the under-18s over the white 18-year-olds, which means they're going to take over. I always thought it was going to be 2050, but... Happenings in recent years, I can see that that time is being accelerated. For example, Latinos—they're the biggest voting group today in the United States—but these population numbers I'm talking about further said that in less than a decade from now, in less than ten years, the under thirty population, and that under thirty of coloreds—that's the under eighteen—they grew up and they got ten years older—will be a majority will be a majority over the non-whites. It will be there as it was in 2020, but it will have increased also indicated, which means we're going to have more Barack Obamas for president. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, But what's going to happen is I think this is all going to come upon us with friction. I happen to believe what goes around comes around, and we have abused people of color for so many years here. The Civil War did not solve the problem. It was necessary, but it did not solve the problem. And I can see it. I can sense it from the candidates who are running now, some of them, the way they talk. Uh, Beware. They're going to be tough. And the whites are going to be in the minority. And I'm going to tell you right now, those rich white men and women who support, who are Republicans and support Donald Trump, they're going to be sorry. Ah. I can tell you about. Truman. I'm going to tell you. Did you know who Adolf Schickelberger was? I came across this the other day. When I find something unusual, I like to share it. Adolf Schickelberger was the father, the father of Adolf Hitler. His name was Alois Schickelberger. He changed his name in 1877, though from from Schickelberger to Hitler. He didn't know what his son was going to do ultimately, and the bad guy and the evil man he was going to be. But he didn't like Schickelberger was too long. But Adolf Hitler's name at one time was Adolf Schickelberger. Can you imagine Schickelberger dominating the world? That's the show for tonight. Uh, As usual, I don't cover everything I want to. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I read a blog every morning. Please read it, keywestlew.com. You'll enjoy it. If you like the show, you'll like me. you'll enjoy that. If you don't like the show, don't bother reading my blog. Over sixty thousand people are subscribed to my blog. You must read it. It's good. I'm sorry for saying it this way. And other than that, this is Louis Patron saying good night from Key West, Florida, the paradise of America.